Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers. And yes, it does appear that 2020 has spilled into 2021. Apologies for that. I'm Andy Zoltz, and this is issue 4179 of the Bugle. It is now the 42nd of December, 2020, or the 11th of Trumpember, the 19-day tribute supplement added to 2020 by the Dates and International Calendars World Advisory uh, Directive, or DICWAD. I literally have not moved since uh, the last Bugle recording. In fact, if you listen now very carefully, you can probably hear the echo of the end of last week's show. Uh, please send oxygen. Uh, here in London, word is just reaching me that in order to make people abide by the latest anti-movement COVID regulations, the government will be reducing the temperature to minus 272 degrees Celsius. Uh, so that no errant particles in your body, mind or soul even contemplate wobbling around dangerously. And joining me this week, well, to pick over the smouldering remnants of the American dream, um, it's uh, from America, Hari Kondabolu. Uh, hello, Hari. How, how's, how are you? Well, let's I'll say, how are you? Let's just say, how are you coping? Fuck off, Andy. Fuck <laughs> off. How am I? How am I doing? <laughs> I know you read. I know what you know. What's going on? <laughs> terrible. I'm terrible, Andy. Everyone's terrible. Okay. <laughs> well, we will uh, flesh that out further in due course on the show. And joining us uh, from here in the United Kingdom, where well, we have a little bit to tell you Americans about the decline and fall of empires. So do pay attention. <laughs> it's Mark Steele. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you, Mark? Well, terrible. I, I just, I, I, the only way to be is terrible. The most annoying asses are people who go, oh, well, you've got to stay cheerful, and you? It doesn't matter, is it? We had worse in the Blitz. Uh, just got to have a laugh, haven't you? <laughs> cough, you miserable. Just, it's terrible. And I don't know, that there's not a purpose to living at the moment. You just get through the day, a bit like if you're a millipede. No, if you're a millipede and someone says, how are you? The millipede thinks, I'm just wobbling around on my bloody indeterminate number of limbs until a bloody bird comes down and eats me. And that's pretty much what we're doing here, isn't it? Just go, oh, I've got through another day without ending up on a bloody ventilator. <laughs> let's, let's cling to those. And, and, of course, Crystal Palace got knocked out of the cup as well, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never Although that could all be made up, couldn't it? No one's allowed to the games. It could just be a load of really well well sort of really brilliant software and they've just got all these little players running around on computer games well, I am starting to think when it comes to Covid that you know, if it is a hoax it's a fucking good one isn't it I mean you've got to give them credit the hoax mongers they've, they've gone in big this isn't just you know making up a load of obviously unfeasible dinosaur skeletons to try to hoodwink, hoodwink the gullible into thinking the world is more than 6,000 years old you know it's not, uh, it's not claiming that Lenin was a mushroom Lenin was a mushroom. That is a that was a, a, a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Genuinely, could look it up. That was that was news. I I, I was really sceptical of the the conspiracy theory that uh, the vaccine was just a ploy by Bill Gates to put microchips. Right. But in all seriousness, I'm actually thinking of it might there might be something in it because the other day a woman of about ninety three crossed the road to tell me to buy a Microsoft Word Excel package. <laughs> For sixty nine ninety nine every three months, renewable. <laughs> so I think there might be something in it. Yeah, um, and it's uh, you know, it, it, I mean, to be honest, it, it, if this is a hoax, it is making the moon landings 
Sorry, the so-called moon landings look like a school nativity play. Uh, we are recording on the uh, the 11th of January. On this day in the year 1567, uh, the first ever lottery in England was held, uh, part of a great national tradition of undeserved randomised rewards um, that uh, lives on today in the form of the honours system. Um, and uh, the lottery was to raise money to help England expand its influence, wealth and power around the world. How times change. Um, all ticket holders were promised... Uh, this is extraordinary. The tickets were, I think, 10 shillings. And all ticket holders were promised freedom from arrest from for all crimes except murder, um, felonies, piracy and treason. Uh, I think Trump might be 0 for 4 on those now, I think. Uh, and the winner uh, got £5,000, which is a massive sum... sum. At the time, uh, £5,000. Now, of course, a cubic centimetre of the glute of a mid-range Premier League left-back. But five grand back in 1567 was serious wedge. It was paid partly in money and partly in tapestries and good quality linen, which is coincidentally how we uh, pay our Bugle co-hosts. Did I not let you know that before? Um, Anyway, there's some absolutely top-end tapestries coming your way. Um, On this day in 1759, the first American life insurance company was incorporated in Philadelphia under the catchy title of the Corporation for Relief of Poor and Distressed Presbyterian Ministers and of the Poor and Distressed Widows and Children of the Presbyterian Ministers, (laughs) or as it was of course known, CRPDPMPDWCPM. But this was uh, before America learned about branding. Uh, I mean, that's that's a tough sell, isn't it? The the Corporation for Relief of Poor and Distressed Presbyterian Ministers and and of the Poor and Distressed Widows and Children of the Presbyterian Ministers. That's that's I mean that's not how America would do it now, is it? That is not that is not a catchy catchy title for a company. What do they call it now? Uh, I th- well, I think it's part of a of some a bigger insurance uh, insurance group. But I'm... dead pres. <laughs> But I think, you know, we need to learn about branding. You look at petrol stations. Apple Green is an apple green petrol station um, that by putting the words apple and green in its title, I think means that your car no longer pollutes. Um, And uh, Doris the Happy Frog is a major dealer of arms to Saudi Arabia. As always, the section of the bugle is going straight in the bin and it's uh, a phrases section um, with the world changing so fast. Many of the old phrases are no longer uh, applicable and and have had words changed by the International Language Committee. Uh, The old phrase, with power comes great responsibility, is now, with great power comes great social media profile and a deluded sense of personal incorrigibility. Uh, The darkest hour is right before the increasingly dark subsequent four years and repercussions spanning potentially decades. Um, Fools rush in where no longer where angels fear to tread. Fools rush in where their fool leader tells them to rush in. Uh, that's been updated in the last uh, week or so. If it ain't broke, smash the f***ing thing to pieces. Uh, the pen is mightier than the pencil. That's really all it's mightier than these days. And honesty is the last refuge of the vice president. Uh, so uh, that's a phrase section in the bin. <laughs> Top story this week. The American uncivil wart. The f- um, it's... Uh, well, Hari, you are our um, Collapse of American Civilization correspondent, um, a, a role which you've em- embraced with great enthusiasm over the past uh, four and a bit years. Um, uh, talk, in fact, you were, you, you were on the first Bugle uh, after we relaunched, just before 
the election of, of President Trump. So just uh, just bring us up to date with the last the last the, the recent events in Trump's America. I mean, let me first say, uh, will the aliens get here already? <laughs> I there. This is the time. We're weak. We're diseased. We're destroying ourselves. <laughs> this is the time. Um, you know, there's a lot of things one could say about Trump, but the man can make an exit. I mean, <laughs> he leaves with a bang, 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 bang. <laughs> uh, Wednesday started great. You know, it didn't start out all shit. I actually felt optimistic for about an hour uh, right. because uh, the Democrats uh, won the uh, Georgia runoffs, which gave them control of the Senate, the House, and the presidency, which is a huge paradigm shift, right, in American politics, because it changed the question from how are Republicans going to prevent anything from being done to how are the Democrats going to f*** this one up? <laughs> that's, that's, that's huge. Um, yeah. Very big victory also. It was, uh, it was Raphael Warnock. And uh, and John Ossoff, and they beat uh, uh, Kelly Leffler, who's the most racist NBA owner since Donald Sterling, and uh, David Perdue, who is uh, just generic rich white guy from casting. Um, <laughs> American politics needs more of them, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he. This is uh, he'll be back. He'll be fine. They're currently bathing in gold coins, so both of them are fine. Um, but Warnock and Ossoff uh, won again, which is exciting. I wish the headlines read "Republicans get knockoffed," but nobody decided to. Uh... <laughs> that was for you, Andy. I don't write uh, jokes uh, like I'm that. I'm much appreciated. No. That's that's been the best thing that's happened to me this year. A, uh, a black man and a Jewish man are now the two senators of the state of Georgia. Which, to explain how likely that is, uh, the only thing less likely is if they became senators in the country of Georgia. <laughs> so, I was in a good mood uh, until I put on the, uh, the news about, uh, you know, sometime in the afternoon, and I saw the Capitol under siege. The colonizers were getting restless. <laughs> They were, the Capitol was raided by Trumpers, Proud Boys, and what appeared to be extras from Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> also, potentially some tourists who saw a line and just gotten it. <laughs> I think that's how the M British Empire started, actually. <laughs> Which is, if we go back to the very beginning of this sorry story, of course. After months of uh, claiming the election was stolen and years of being a piece of shit, <laughs> Trump, Trump released the Kraken. They smashed through the doors of the Capitol and went onto the Senate floor. They went into Nancy Pelosi's office and sat in her seat. Things were destroyed and stolen. People took selfies of themselves, or as they're now known, self-incriminationies. <laughs> some were armed. Some had handcuffs. Two IEDs were found. IEDs, of course, are improvised explosive devices. You might be familiar with those since they were found in Iraq during the most recent war 
we had with them when we claimed we were trying to bring democracy over. <laughs> if the people of Iraq had seen this footage from last week beforehand, they probably could have said, don't worry, we have that here already. <laughs> it was truly, I mean, I think one of my favourite points, uh, <laughs> if you can have a favourite, that seems the wrong word, but at that rally that you mentioned um, before the violence uh, kicked off, um, as uh, you know, Trump or Stiltskin was throwing his toys out of the pram, and by toys I mean violent supporters, and out of the pram I mean directly up the road to storm the Capitol building. Uh, he called the election result bullshit, and at which point the crowd then started chanting bullshit, bullshit. And I think that might have been peak irony. In human history, Trump's crowd chanting bullshit, bullshit at Trump. Might, I think that, in fact, might be the basic, the moment that all civilization essentially ended it's over the hu there's nowhere for the human race to go after this especially as i mean what surprised us all was that uh, it was trump doing this you'd think well it's just so out of character i mean it just, <laughs> it, it just shows you it's always the ones you least expect that end up <laughs> causing trouble isn't it all his neighbors well, he keeps himself to himself, usually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's so... It's, it is it is as mad as you could... I know people said, oh, what can you say, uh, satire dead and all that sort of thing, but when you've got, like, a bloke dressed as a buffalo Viking man and others <laughs> dressed as Nazis and they're, they're in the Capitol building and, the, and like Harry was saying, they're just, the police are just pretty much just letting them in and presumably they must have thought, well, I mean, if there's, if there's two groups of people that you know throughout history aren't going to do anyone any harm, it's Vikings and Nazis, so we might as well <laughs> let them in. <laughs> it's so mad. And, the, and just, I wonder now... Because we all thought, I don't know that you are living there, I always thought, right, oh, imagine if anyone, anyone without the proper credentials or with any sort of vaguely malicious intent got within a thousand yards of the Capitol building, even looked at the steps, there's probably some special laser thing from space that goes, and they're never heard of again. <laughs> and in fact, you could just walk up, smash a window and walk in. And I think now probably every campaign should try this to so say the Cheltenham cycling lane campaign instead of just having a little rally outside the local town hall should try just invade the capitol building <laughs> and cycle over some old portrait of Franklin D Roosevelt <laughs> anyone Harry Krishna's instead of going up and down Oxford Street gong ding ding gong that they should just smash their way in <laughs> Bang a it gong, bang some, bang some senator's head on a gong. And, uh, <laughs> anyone, you're just allowed in. The, the, yeah. Aaron's talking about the, the selfish people are taking, but they probably, if this keeps happening, they won't. you won't even need selfies because you know when you go on a water slide at a theme park and you come off and there's all them pictures they've taken of each person and you can buy it, it'll be like that. There'll be one... <laughs> <laughs> Glad to buy a little memento photo. We've got one of you pissing on the senator's desk here. <laughs> Look, I, I can understand from, from a certain point of view uh, that Donald Trump really doesn't want to move house. 
because you know, moving house is a pain at the best of times, isn't it? And especially during a pandemic. But I think he's taken this just just a little too far. When you look back, I mean, clearly it's a string of failures, Harry, have led to this kind of heartbreaking, stomach-churning, lethal malarkey, a string of failures dating back to, uh, as discussed, 1776, of course, and the decision to, uh, to unburden the USA of the transatlantic umbilical cord that nurtured America with God-given, world-leading British wisdom and insight that uh, can still be seen in uh, the fact that Britain is the greatest nation in the world right now, absolutely everything, some 245 years later. Uh, I must stop commissioning uh, Gavin Williamson, the education secretary, to write my scripts, but, uh, you know, there we go. <laughs> it's, um, it's uh, I mean, how is, is this, Harry, is this, was this the end of, was this the last thrashings of an idiotic serpent's tail, or uh, is, I mean, is it the culmination of delusionist politics? This mutant variant of democracy that is philosophically no. committed to nurturing, sharing, and promoting delusion, or uh, is 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 it just you know the end of episode one of a tediously elongated horror series? No, this is this is the end of the New Hope. Uh, we haven't even started uh, the Empire Strikes Back. This is. <laughs> This is just the big like now we've seen them uh, riot because just because Trump's gone, like he'll be martyred probably, like if he gets thrown in prison or, or whatever. Like he's not going away. These people aren't going to go away. In fact, they have weapons, and uh, despite the fact that militias tried to kidnap a couple, not one, but a couple of American governors. And threatened uh, to 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 kidnap the governor of uh, Michigan's family and the governor and kill them. Uh, you would think the security would have been beefed up a little bit when <laughs> a whole bunch of these people stormed the Capitol. So I think it's not over partly because uh, we have seemingly taken very few steps uh, to prevent it. Um, note again that there hasn't been a terrorist attack in a while. Uh, they focused, uh, uh, sorry, a foreign terrorist attack. They've, they've focused a lot of the energy on that, and I think that's wasted. Because if I was a terrorist in another country and saw what was happening to America, I would probably think to myself, don't worry, America, you got this. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my airline miles. Well, Hari, I think uh, in what is a hotly contested field, that might be the most depressing joke ever told on the bugle. And <laughs> yeah. there's been a fair few over the last, oh God, was it, 13 years. Well, at least, Hari, we're just nine days away now as we record from being able to wake up for the first time in four years without our first words of the day being, I had this batshit crazy nightmare in which America had elected as its president. Who the f*** is that on the front page of my f***ing newspaper? Only nine more days of that. I mean, the only person I could imagine this re the last four years really helping is 15th President James Buchanan, who is regularly listed as yeah. the worst president of the United States. <laughs> he is so, sending in his gold medal as we speak. After all these years of being on the bottom of the list, thinking it was hopeless to ever, <laughs> considering that you know his presidency ended up leading to the Civil War, um, <laughs> the fact that Trump tops it with a Civil War and a pandemic... And a threat of nuclear war. That's pretty. That's pretty well, I mean, great for this, James Buchanan. This is one of the interesting things that you say. His Twitter account has been permanently suspended, but he still has control of America's nuclear arsenal. Now, is that the right way around? Have we 
cancelled those subscriptions in the correct order. Here's the thing. He does not... I think he's not going to use those nuclear weapons, right? And it's not because he's worried about the sake of humanity. He doesn't want to die. <laughs> For the sake of self-preservation, he won't do that. <laughs> if the world ends, then he ends. Like, if the aliens came down, he'd negotiate with them and give them the world. You know, that's not an issue. He'd sell us all out because he'd be okay. But in a, in, a, in a nuclear situation, no, he might die. And that's, his whole life has been about self-preservation. But in the, all this, right, so we all say all of these things, and most people in the world are saying things fairly similar. But the only people who didn't seem to be aware that something like this would happen would be the people in charge of defending the building, who just sort of, we couldn't possibly. There were just no clues that he would do anything like this. Very cryptically, he said once or twice a day on all of his social media <laughs> accounts, come to Washington, D.C. on the 6th of January. We're going to smash up the Capitol building. I'll march down <laughs> there with you. But uh, this is so carefully coded that no one was able to work out that that, <laughs> that meant he was going to go in there at all and... And they were just, they were, I was amazed, I only reading this morning, they number, I mean, Harry, you know this much better than me, but there was, sort of, there was lots of discussions, wasn't there, between the, the people who ended up going there about what should we take, do we take guns, what's our aims and all that, just like, you know, people on a, going on a day trip, oh, we're staying till the <laughs> evening, it was like that, <laughs> and, and somehow nobody spotted it, that that's what they were going to do. Oh, the people who said they were going to do something have done the thing they said they were going to do. Led by a mental person who said for years this is what he was going to do. (laughs) The T-shirts that really struck me, the uh, 6th of January Civil War T-shirts. I mean, that's... (laughs) You see people wandering around with those on. Again, you know, you'd think, you know, at least an alarm bell would dingle somewhere. Currency news now, and, uh, well, uh, if money makes the world go round, uh, we've got problems here in Britain because a coin has been released that had errors on it, uh, a tribute coin to the science fiction writer H.G. Wells, a £2 coin. Uh, it apparently had a, a wrong quote on it and also had a, a, a pictures of um, some of his famous creations, the tripods, uh, which he, he wrote about and then subsequently became a TV series in my childhood, but a tripod with four legs, which generally goes against traditional tripod three-leggedness. And uh, apparently The Invisible Man, another one of uh, Wells's famous characters, uh, was wearing the wrong kind of hat. Um, which, I mean, Mark, this, you know, out of, of all the you know, trouble Britain's had recently, this is the last thing we needed, isn't it? You know, some, some misprints on a coin. It's absolutely the last thing we need. It reminds me, in fact, of, you know, uh, I do a show where I go around towns and write about the towns, and that's been a little bit tricky in, uh, over the last 10 months. <laughs> um, just a couple of days before the lockdown, I went to Stratford-upon-Avon to write a show about that. And Stratford-upon-Avon's where... Shakespeare was born and uh, given their due, they've not made a big thing of it. <laughs> just entirely from start to end, just every little bit of Stratford on Avon is full of Shakespeare. I mean, these are, these are real ones. There's a, there's a butcher's called To Beef or Not To Beef. Uh, 
there's a cafe that's one really annoyed me there's a cafe called if music be the food food of love play play on but that's really annoyed me because that's about music not f***ing food you ignorant idiot (laughs) (laughs) so it should have been if food be the music of love then cook on essentially this is the point I'm coming to. There was a great big gift. There's many great big gift shops there. And one of them had T-shirts with Shakespeare quotes on. One of which was, uh, I challenge you, I would challenge you to a, a battle of wits, but I see you have come unarmed. <laughs> William Shakespeare. But it wasn't Shakespeare. That was Oscar Wilde. And there's this <laughs> bloody shop is selling this fraudulent f***ing <laughs> stuff. All you've got to do is check it's really easy. Just look on Google for 10 seconds. <laughs> but no. And similarly, these £2 coin people have done the same with HG Wells. They've gone, oh, yeah, there were these triffids come down. They were tripods with four legs. Who are they employing to do? That's all you've got to do. Your whole job is to check how many legs on a fucking tripod. <laughs> Well, I see it as a Brexit thing, Mark. You know, just take that, Brussels, with your regulations on how many legs tripods have. We're Britain again now. We're going to have f***ing four legs on our tripods. I mean, to, to be fair, to be fair uh, to the people who, who, you know, made the H.G. Wells coin, you know, if they had a time machine, I'm sure they'd go back and fix <laughs> yes. it. Yes, exactly. That's probably what they're working on, and then this bit will make no sense. Um, the the, uh, the wrong shape hat for the Invisible Man, I was less fussed about that um, because um, H.G. Wells wrote the Invisible Man story in the 1890s. So he was, A, a man in the late 19th century, and B, he was invisible. So I reckon he's going to have at least two hats, minimum, m- probably <laughs> multiple hats. So, you know, I mean, why would you only have one hat if you don't have a visible head? Um, yes, well, I agree with that. As a man with multiple hats, I would... Um... I would agree with that. In fact, I was in a hat shop in London, and I loved this. It was this quite a prestigious hat shop, and there were these two uh, two old fellows who worked there, both sort of about late seventies, and they dressed immaculately. And one of them come came in uh, as he came in. He, he said to his mate, and they must have been working there every day. It's actually been years and years. And one of them said, oh, "I've just been through Trafalgar Square. You wouldn't believe the number of people who aren't wearing hats." <laughs> Like he's only just noticed the decline in hat wearing since H.G. Wells' day. <laughs> Bless him. In uh, other uh, currency news, Bitcoin has doubled in value in the last month. I mean, uh, this, I, I, in many ways, this, again, is a story that encapsulates everything about the modern world. As we get more and more anxious about reality, Bitcoin, the even more fictitious pseudo cryptocurrency that's even more fictitious than real money uh, and it's doubled in value over a month essentially the financial markets are increasingly fleeing any market even tangentially linked to the real world and are going all in essentially on fictional parallel universes and i mean this i don't understand economics as you guys both uh, both will would know, um, having worked with me over the years. But I, how, how can you... Because Bitcoin was worth five years ago, f*** all, which was correct. But it's cleverly exploited this endemic flaw in the human brain um, re- regarding how economics works. And it's alchemized itself into one of the most valuable non-physical things in the universe, just as the value of hope, joy and truth have collapsed even further 
over the past year. I mean, how do you, how do you explain this Bitcoin doubling in value at the moment? I mean, I don't. To me, like uh, when I, when I read this story, it felt like they were saying the snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> like I'm like I don't. What the hell's a snozberry? I don't know how they work. I don't know what they're supposed to taste like. So, I mean, it's I. Yeah, because know. it's as you say, Andy. Because it's just in the in the mind, and if you are aware of that, I suppose you could buy a hundred x, and the next day sell it for two hundred x, and you've got you've got your one hundred x profit that is in the real world. But people tend to believe it, and they go, "These x's are now actually worth more," and and therefore they can't stop going up in value, like the tulips. You know about the tulips in the... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so once people believe, and that's the same with bonds, and that was the same with debt packages before 2008. The debt packages were just being bundled together and sold from bank to bank to bank, and everybody forgot what it originally was, so it didn't have any relationship to the real world, which is why the tulips, it wasn't really tulips, it was tulip bonds. They're just going up and up and up. They can't stop but there's no actual real value being created. So eventually when someone goes, oh, actually I need my tulip bond or my debt package or my Bitcoin or whatever it is back, like, you know, well, this is best explained really, as I think you know, this is, as I, I think economically, this is one of the best explanations. It's a bit complicated, but in Mary Poppins, when, uh, <laughs> They hear the little boy saying he wants his money back from the bank, his sixpence, whatever it is, and they all panic and think the money's not the bank's running out of money. And because people think the bank's running out of money, then it does indeed collapse, bringing about the destruction of Edwardian society <laughs> and uh, the end of the age of deference, the rise of, um, of women's suffrage and uh, the triumph of child's imagination as was the aim of the people who wrote Mary Poppins. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a horrific dystopia up there with uh, Handmaid's Tale in my book. Um, other su- uh, cryptocurrencies doing well at the moment include Pretendograms, Fictodo, Spoofwage, Faux Florins, Bragging Rights and the Swiss Roll. And Elon Musk has jumped on board. He, he's recently become the world's richest person, subject to confirmation that he does actually exist. And he's said that he would happily be paid in Bitcoin. Um, his personal wealth has been valued at $190 billion, sneaking him ahead of Jeff, Jeff Bezos, uh, who's having to tighten his belt to get by on just $185 billion at the moment. He might have to start doing some of his packaging and postage himself just to make ends meet. And <laughs> Do you think there's anything he can't afford, Bezos? Do you think he's going, oh, f***ing hell, look at that. I, can't, I, haven't got, I was going to buy Saturn, and I, <laughs> and I haven't got enough. Um, Elon Musk's long-term rival uh, Pilau Snork has announced plans to build a warp-speed mega-maglev tunnel through the centre of the Earth's core to reduce travel times on the not-very-lucrative Hawaii to Botswana route to just 17 minutes. And has also announced the launch of the domestic oil revegetativizer that turns crude oil back into plant matter for use in smoothies, salads and facial rubs and also uh, makes your car both vegan and carbon positive if you do the maths wrong. And uh, since uh, we've had this coin snafu here in Britain, we have uh, for you a Bugle coin fact box. The first coin was the same size and shape as a woolly mammoth. In fact, it was a woolly mammoth that was bartered in exchange for a job lot of 3D flint arrowheads. Thus began international finance. 
The origin of heads or tails uh, coin tossing uh, dates back to Roman times. Roman coins until the year 236 AD all feature the the tail of the emperor's favourite pet, at which point Emperor Maximinius Thrax ended the practice after being bitten by an escaped squirrel with a provocatively bushy tail. In a post-coin world, the decision on who kicks off in football matches will be decided by a distant spitting competition, whilst the coin toss in cricket matches will be replaced with a competitive poetry recital between the two captains. If British Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab were to be commemorated in a coin, it would involve a picture of a floundering man struggling in choppy waters behind a weeping ferry. In a post-coin world, pub quiz machines will reward triumphant quizzers with the shells of baby terrapins instead of coins. And the largest denomination banknote ever issued was the 100 quintillion pengo note, issued when Hungary went naught crazy after World War II. Based on the difference in size between the uh, £1 coin and the £2 coin, if a 100 quintillion pound coin was ever made, it would be 13 light years across. Um, I did do the maths, I might have done them wrong, but you know, it's the 2020s, that's how we roll. And at the current rate of progress, uh, Jeff Bezos will have commissioned that coin by the year 2031. I want to see the cricket captains doing a poetry recital. <laughs> so we're here early this morning because of the poetry recital. Joe Root to start. I wandered lonely as a cloud. As a, what is it? As a cloud. Oh dear, that looks bad from Joe. I think England are going to be bowling this morning. So it's my favourite cricket poem is... Uh... Um, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Yes, you're like a summer's day, love, in that the cricket's on and I can't, so I can't spend any time with you. It's 142-3. Could you make me a cup of tea? Danish penis news now, and whilst the world battles in existential crises against the seemingly unstoppable enemies of uh, the COVID virus, the mutant strain of uh, democracy that's infected the world, and as the future shrinks and shrivels before us like a particularly reluctant slice of bacon uh, shedding uh, liquid, leaving just a salty, shriveled mess at the bottom of the pan, Denmark has found itself a means of disputing something truly meaningful, the rights and wrongs of showing a children's TV cartoon about a man with a ridiculously long penis and his adventures, his peneids, if you will, uh, with that penis, including using his, well, I mean, it's, what, about ten foot long, the penis, to protect local children against an attack of lions. Uh, Hari, you are our uh, penises in culture uh, correspondent. Um, bring us up to date with this uh, this thrilling uh, advance in uh, Danish uh, Danish art. Well, let me first say that my lawyers are suing the creators of this TV show for stealing my life story. <laughs> Family that, shot. The, the book had not been published yet. Somehow it had leaked and all of it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because Denmark has a really weird history with immigrants recently. And, and uh, there's been talk, I don't know if they're actually doing it, but making the children of immigrants take Danish courses to know how to be a proper Dane, to know the culture, to assimilate properly. You know, th they have this high, like, sense of self. And after hearing about this, this penis cartoon, I think to myself, a culture that could make this, maybe not so great. <laughs> maybe could uh, use other influences. <laughs> Outside of themselves. I like it. I don't know. I like you it. You like it? Yeah. I think it's a shame there wasn't a Mr. Man called Mr. Well Hung. 
There was, a, I mean, I guess there was Mr. Tickle. It was very, Mr. Tickle was a kind of very nineteen seventies vibe, really. He's a bit carry on, wasn't he, Mr. Tickle? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Massive Penis lived in <laughs> Massive Penis Cottage. Good morning, he said to the children. How are you today? <laughs> well, I'm not so good. I've got to spend five minutes clambering over your massive penis to get to school, said the children. <laughs> Well, I mean, he, the thing is, in this world where this man has this giant penis, uh, you're telling me that kids don't accidentally bump into it or touch it and stuff, so this show is full of children touching a man's penis. Well, um, yeah, but it's it's Danish, so, uh, I mean, let's let's try and keep it in, you know, in, in perspective, you know, what the, the, you know, the Danes still haven't apologised for what the Vikings did on these shores, so you know, we can't judge them by our own attitude towards... I mean, towards, they're, da- they're know, not ancient lands. Greeks, they're, right. they're Danes. This is, <laughs> this is not acceptable. But what can he do, though, if he's got a penis that long, he can't help it. <laughs> You've bought into the reality of the <laughs> But I think we've got to be fair. What he can't help, you can't apply the same rules of child right. abuse to someone who's got a penis that's 45 miles long. <laughs> I mean, people are going to bump into it without you knowing, well, you know, they're just that's being... only if he has an erection, Mark. <laughs> yeah, well, when he hasn't and it's flaccid, it might be draped across the M40. Everyone who's gone <laughs> the way to Milton Keynes will bump into it. This man, if he had any dignity, would wrap it around his thigh. <laughs> it is absolutely absurd that this thing is coming out of his pants. Also, what kind of material stretches like that? <laughs> stretches it's a kind of ten lycra, feet, think, isn't it? Right. Well, it no, must be a specially modified. He'd strangle himself, like when you when a boa constrictor goes around here. He'd be. I mean, he does, and he uses it for for social good. He uses it to etch murals, to hoist flags, and to perform rescue operations. I mean, is this not a you know? Is he not a role model, Harry, for how we men should be using our our, our wangs more productively for the good of all society? To, to you know, to etch murals um, wherever we possibly can. It's an interesting philosophy. Instead of maybe encouraging men to use their brains more, right. this is saying that we should use our penis more in a variety of different ways that often involve children. What the f***? This is sick. <laughs> what is this? No, this is not okay. This is fucking. What I mean, they got universal health care. They've got all these things right. I guess they're allowed to have one... Terrible idea involving a man with a ten-foot penis. I mean, if any country's allowed to, but like, get out of here! It's ridiculous. I'll do the washing up with mine. <laughs> I mean, this lockdown's it, gone on too long, Mark. Ten feet flaccid means how much erect? Twenty feet. <laughs> I mean, is he if he, is he having sex with women and other like? In other, in other cartoons, I think. I think it goes into just other other shows on other channels at the same time. Just... <laughs> you turn on Bugs Bunny and then all of a sudden you realise, oh, wait a second, Bugs, that's not a carrot. <laughs> it could be um, used as a zip wire. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's um, it could be it could be used in these Brexitaceous times. He could he could stretch his penis across. 
the North Sea to provide a physical bridge between Britain and continental Europe. Surely that, I mean, that's... Oh, God, that'd get them going mental, wouldn't it? We voted to come out, right? <laughs> and now he's gonna f***ing put his penis <laughs> to f***ing connect us back up. That's not what we voted for. <laughs> if he... If he ejaculates on a Monday, does that mean it comes out on Tuesday or Wednesday? <laughs> God, there's, yeah, that's an interesting point. Well, we'll have to watch the program and find out. It's, it's not. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a, one of the makers of the program said so this is not. It's, it's not. It's not sexual. It's just a, a, a very, very long wang. Uh, you know, it's that's 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 different, isn't it? If there will be a spin-off about a man who. A man who does like forty foot wide shits, <laughs> and uh, well, and uses yeah. it to sort of uh, to attack demons that are coming to to eat all the people in the village. <laughs> I think that might be a waspish satire on the twenty first century so far. To be honest. Um. Anyway, uh, more from uh, Danish uh, penis cartoons over the next uh, 10 to 20 years, exclusively on The Bugle. Uh, that brings us to the end of, uh, of this, week's, uh, this week's show. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. As always, we'll be back uh, next week uh, just to chart the final full week of the Trump uh, Trump presidency, we will be recording the Bugle on Mondays for the next few weeks while uh, I'm hosting the news quiz on Radio Four. That you can also download as a podcast. Uh, Harry, any? Uh, I know your you're, uh, politically reactive is back currently. Isn't yes, it? politically reactive drops new episodes every Thursday. It's me and W. Kamau Bell figuring out uh, how we're spending our last days together on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also the podcast I do with my brother, uh, the Kundabolu Brothers uh, podcast. Uh, you know, we we think of ourselves as a seasonal uh, and, and uh, small batch and kind of a bit of a, a pop up, uh, meaning that we've released 31 episodes in a decade. So we don't know when they're going to come <laughs> come through, but, you know, they've been popping up of late. So I check that out as well. Mark, any uh, any shows to tell our listeners about? Yeah, I've got quite a lot of shows actually that are, that get um, that have been cancelled and then reinstalled <laughs> and then cancelled again. So if you sort of look around in general, at most theatres, I'm booked to do a show that will, without any question, be cancelled. <laughs> so you're very very welcome to buy a ticket for that and never ever get to see the show you bought a ticket for <laughs> uh, the value of those has gone up 275 percent in recent years some of those are now trading at eight thousand pounds <laughs> so essentially tickets to your non-existent gigs are worth more than bitcoin now yeah yeah much more yeah yeah much more we're gonna buy bitcoin now <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening, Buglers. We will play you out with some lies about our premium-level voluntary subscribers to join them and make a recurring or one-off contribution to keep the Bugle flourishing and independent. Go to buglepodcast.com and click the donate button. Franz Janka is not convinced that sphinxes, the celebrity ancient Egyptian lion-stroke-human-stroke-other-animal-and-occasionally-bird hybrid, were all that. 
With all due respect to the ancient Egyptians, says Franz, the Sphinx is an absolute mess of a mythical creature. Anything with the body of a lion, but without the head of a lion, is pretty goddamn pointless if you ask me. It will look weird and be much less good at biting, which to my mind is key. Peter Coward agrees that a human with the head of a lion would be more worrisome than a lion with the head of a human. Opposable thumbs and a carnivorous slaughter bonce, no thank you, barks Peter, in justified concern at scientists' plans to create such a breed. Those jaws and the propensity to make, operate and trade high-tech weaponry, that is a cocktail made in military-industrial wildlife park complex heaven. And I am emphatically not in favour. Michael Kemp pipes up with confirmation that a feline with a non-feline head is not something science should be aspiring to. I've taken it upon myself to make my cat, which is like a micro-lion in so many ways, wear the head of a selection of Muppets, Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog included. None of those heads provided an uptick in his overall cat performance compared with his own cat head. I therefore rightly assume that Sphinxes would replicate that. And finally, Gillian Piper also points out that those varieties of sphinx with the wings of birds to add to their lion's body and miscellaneous heads are, quote, pretty impractical and in terms of bald physics likely to struggle to get off the ground. They're not going to trouble a basic domestic bird table, let alone soar to the skies before swooping down like a vision of unquenchable vengeance, if that is indeed what motivates sphinxes to get out of bed in the mornings. Here endeth the lies. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.